Welcome to China Horse Business, the one and only podcast about Chinese booming horse market. I'm your host Zoe King, founder and CEO of Wonder Horse from Shanghai, discovering the wonder of horse world. Hi everyone, here's Xiao Xue. I'm the senior account manager at HighLink in Shanghai. Hi Xiao Xue, thanks for joining me on the show. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. The Chinese National Festival is approaching. We will have an eight-day national vacation. Any plans for your vacation? Yeah, frankly, we may just travel around Shanghai. Maybe make a short stay in one of the family resort, because there will be a crowd everywhere in China. Sure thing. Especially we can travel abroad this year. Everyone should stay in China for the vacation. But it will help Chinese tourism industry in a way to compensate their loss during the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. I hope this resort I used to go at still in business. Yes, finger crossed. Let's hope everything is back to normal as soon as possible. Already, I think. Shall we get started? Which club are you going to introduce today? Let's take a look at Shanghai Rubberen Equestrian Club. Located in Fengxian District, one hour driving from city center, the club was founded eleven years ago in two thousand nine. They are very focusing on young riders' education. Today, the club has over sixteen horses. Half of them are imported one-bred horses. Currently, the club has one indoor arena and one outdoor arena for training and competition. But the clubhouse area is quite small. They just announced their plan for twenty twenty one is to build a six floor clubhouse in the graded stables. The club hosts many regional competition, in, including Shanghai Championship Jumping and Dressage, which will take place from eleven to thirteen and eighteen to twenty September. Ah,、uh, Zoe, you posted an edge fight introducing this club on which moment? Did you help them prepare their events? Yes, we did. H five is like a mini website integrated into WeChat. The H five for Robert Equestrian Club is dedicated to promoting its competitions in September. In this H five, we look back Robert's eleven years history and highlight three characteristic of the club: professional competition organizer. Focus on young riders' education and a very ambitious future development plan. With this H five, you can share on a WeChat group, forward to a friend, and share on WeChat moment. It's very convenient for this kind of promotion within the WeChat ecosystem. The club is very satisfied by our content and design. This H five will be largely shared to all participants. Who take part in the upcoming competitions at Robert? That means more than five hundred young riders, plus their parents and the whole Shanghai equestrian community. Zoe, any update for the China Horse Fair? This year's China Horse Fair was originally scheduled for seventeen to twenty September at Eculus International Riding Club in Beijing, alongside the Eculus Open competition. Due to the international travel restriction, 
the organizer of China Horse Fair has decided to cancel the offline event and trans transfer it online. They invite all vendors to showcase their brands with text, photos, and videos on China Horse Fair's website. The participant fee will be detected for next year's fees. It is almost a minimum service solution considering the lack of traffic of their website and the low quality of the content. So, you interviewed the HOP team in your last episode. I can't wait to listen to the rest of it. Here's Dr. Priscilla Lightsate and Amy Tripson's China story. How you raise fundings for this project? That's a very good question. And Luna and Lucia and the team in Beijing work really, really hard. And they are raising funds in China through different avenues and social media. And we've had different events for, for Hope. Mm -hmm. uh, we are able to be the recipient of some funding and events from the international schools having set and then we have a one really wonderful donor one company um that has been very very supportive and very generous in helping to give us funds and enable us to do our job and have the program in the past prior to covid we were able to go to international schools and go to different events and um able to raise money and raise awareness that way. COVID has really, really put a damper on those things and it's been more difficult. Amy is the driving force here in the United States and she tells me how to, what to do because Amy's really good with social media mm -hmm. and Amy's been doing some really good fundraising here in the United States to help us support what's happening in China. The bulk of the fundraising is happening in China, but we are helping over here in the United States. Right now in China, I think if you um, are able, you know, we have our Hope uh, WeChat blog um, that, that everyone can look up. Um, just reach out to Hope, um, to either Luna or Lucia, and they will be able to connect, you know, with, with different ways to donate. We are um, pursuing, they're doing a great job right now um, for the Tencent 99 fundraiser in September. Um, so we have a platform there as well. You know, we're also open to different kinds of donations. You know, some people um, are able to donate their time. Some people are able to donate different resources. Um, you know, we're always looking for opportunities. Um, you know, one of the things that we're working on is, is trying to figure out some different accessible infrastructure for our facility. Um, you know, so if someone donated the materials. Um, so there's a lot, lot of different ways to donate um whether it's materials time or financial contributions my question is also um how can you tell, tell us how much it costs for one course and do you have um, oh. um go to raise how many costs for example for this year good question so for one um therapeutic riding uh course so one lesson it is uh, right now, it's 400 RMB per lesson. So that's what we um, ask individuals to to pay for the lesson. But that number, it actually costs a lot more to run a lesson. Um, you know, from the horse care and the training and um, the time, you know, put out yes. for to recruit volunteers. Um, so, so really, that cost is only about 40% of, of what it costs hope to run lessons 
Um, so what, so why the fundraising is so important is that we have to fundraise the remaining cost in order to keep providing the services. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, we, you know, each semester, I guess, or really each, what each year we are looking to fundraise about 60% of the lesson costs for all of our lessons. And so, you know, each semester, I, I believe in the fall, you know, we're looking at having between 10 to 12 participants, um, you know, come out for the fall session. And we're always looking at trying to increase, you know, very gradually, um, you know, based on our instructor availability and our horse availability and make sure that um, the program is, is growing, but also that we're growing safely. Mm, okay, I see. And so, one more thing to add yeah. to that, Amy's, I totally appreciate Amy's answer is absolutely spot on. And Amy's worked really hard with the team to also have a horse sponsorship program. So people can, if they would like, they can choose to sponsor a child or they can choose to sponsor a horse. Because as Amy mentioned, we are at this wonderful stables, Dong Fang Ma Hui, and um, it's not... They they are very generous and kind to us and have given us our own arena to work in when um, we have lessons and we our horses have lovely turnout. But we do have to pay for you know their feed and their board and their um, their care. Okay. So we do have a horse sponsorship mm, as well. I see. So um, yeah, I uh, we introduced um, uh, Dongfang Ma Hui Oriental Equestrian Club in Beijing in our previous episode. 13. It's a very, very meaningful project you are running in China. Is it there any specific moment that is very special for you, very touching for you that you can share with us? Yes, it's really hard to pick which one to tell because you are so right. I mean, yes, you are so right. There have been times that we as a, as a team members of Hope have wanted to cry. We have seen such a wonderful progress and there have been such moments but one that I remember was last year and Amy was already there and we were having summer camp and we had a little boy come and he was blind he had autism he's what we call tactically defensive like he doesn't want to touch anything unless mm-hmm. it is a smooth hard surface like a table so to touch a horse whose hair is you know, the fur kind of ee, um, uncomfortable to him. And to touch the mane would be uncomfortable. So, and wearing a helmet was going to be uncomfortable. So he didn't even want to wear a helmet. So he came to summer camp four days in a row. And the first day he was, he would hold the brush, but he didn't really want to touch the horse and he would not wear a helmet. So Luna and Lucia gave the mother a helmet to take home so he could practice wearing it while he was at home. So the next day he came and, hey, he had his helmet on, and that was a great start. And so that day we were able to get him to actually touch the horse. So we only had two days left of camp. So the next day I really, really wanted to get him on. And so Amy was actually teaching the lesson. So I was able to work with Lucia and this boy and his IE and his mom. So we actually let his, we kind of, we let his little brother get on the horse. We did it very safely. We put a helmet on and we said, look, your brother's on the horse. Feel your brother. So he could feel that his brother was on the pony. So we asked the brother to get off and the brother was very, very sweet. And so the big brother, 
he decided, okay, well, we think he decided, okay, if my little brother got on, I could do this. So we put him on the horse. So the other thing about this child was not only did he have, was he blind and tactically defensive, he also doesn't communicate verbally and he doesn't communicate very often. But when you ride the horse, we ask the children to communicate to the horse how to get the horse to walk. So if they can talk, they can say, or if they can't talk, we ask them to pat the horse, like mm-hmm. one, two, go. And so we taught him that on the third day. And he was only on the horse for five minutes. And then he was done. And we had a great, great first day. So the second day, he gets he's ready to get on. It was amazing. And so Amy was teaching. Lucia was his sidewalker, helping to keep him safe on the horse. And I was called the horse handler. We were in the arena. And there were, I had to stop to let another horse in our lesson go in front of me. Lucia said, he, he touched the horse, like, eat art. So he was communicating. He, within four days, he made so much progress. He didn't want to stop. I had to stop the horse. He asked the horse. He initiated it himself and asked the horse to walk on by patting the horse, one, two, go. We were so, so, so excited because he went from being afraid and not wanting to touch the horse to riding and communicating and smiling. And it was just an amazing and amazing time. It's wonderful. So I'm sure that you make a lot of children like them. Sometimes they may be may may become a little kind of negligible in our society and you make them laugh and maybe regain their confidence. Mm. It's wonderful what you are doing. Right. Thank you. And as Amy said, the kind of things that we do at Hope can translate to things outside of the, outside of the stable. So once they begin to communicate, then he realizes, oh, I can communicate. It's really a powerful thing. If you, I mean, because you ride, you might not even realize how powerful it is when you ask the horse to go and the horse goes. But for someone who's learning to ride, they ask the horse to go and the horse responds, their whole body can feel that they have communicated something to the horse and the horse has responded. So it is just an amazing feeling that we think empowers the child or the participant. Okay, great. So thank you very much, uh, Priscilla and Amy, for sharing your story, the story of Hub. Uh, You can follow Hub on WeChat and on their website. And of course, uh, we thank you uh, if you want to participate in any way uh, to this wonderful project. Yes, and thank you so much for letting us share our passion. And we also feel that we are very fortunate because we, I want to say thank you to our team in China. They are doing an amazing job. I want to say thank you to Dong Fang Mahui. We have a wonderful board of directors that we appreciate and couldn't work without. We have Maxine, our osteopath, and Boatong, Conrad Hilton. We have many, many supporters and folks that donate to us and help us in different ways. And boy, does it take our team, and we do appreciate all of our team. Wonderful. And supporters. Well, Zoe, it was fun to hang out with you today. Yeah, you too. See you around. See you. Bye. This podcast is produced by Wonder Horse, equine business solution provider and bespoke platform for Chinese equine community. I'm your host, Zoe King. See you next Monday on China Horse Business.